What's up, fam? Welcome back to another edition of I Am Glory Bound in association with Glory Bound Athletics. Man, it's so great to be back this week. I can't tell you the the amount of excitement I have and the type of week that we've had. It's been crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, First off, let me go ahead and tell you about the new launch of the YouTube series, the I Am Glory Bound YouTube series, along with the I Am Glory Bound TikTok accounts, where we've been uploading videos. Uh, you guys need to, all, all the listeners need to scroll on over there and check it out. Uh, we got some amazing footage over there. Um, we can't be more proud. Um, also this week, I uh, want to shout out to the show The Price of Business with Kevin Price, who actually had myself on there as a uh, little short segment that he did. Um, and he does this with all, all different people from all different backgrounds. Uh, so this last week's copy of the USA Today, uh, there actually be a little article of mine and uh, an audio clip online. So you should go go on over there and check it out. It's pretty cool. I feel pretty privileged, and I want to thank Kevin Price. And them again for the opportunity to do that. Uh, with this week, man, we're, we're coming up on the last couple of weeks right before school starts back here. Uh, so summer's winding down and, you know, the kids are starting to get back into the let's get, go back to school mode. And uh, I know it's, it's getting tough. You know, it seems like the summer will last forever. And the next thing you know, it's right back to school. Uh, with that, I want to be able to take this opportunity to ask for prayer requests for all the kids that are going to be going back to school this next week. Uh, you know, I hope that this year is the best year they've ever had. Um, we pray for excellence inside the classroom. We pay, we pray for excellence outside the classroom. Um, also we want to pray for the teachers, administrators, uh, bus drivers, cafeteria cafeteria employees, maintenance, all those that are involved in school as well. We pray for their their safety and we pray for them them to be lifted up as well. Uh, It's not an easy job having to deal with all these kids all day. I have three of my own and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I go absolutely nuts just just dealing with my three. I couldn't imagine like 30 and 40 at a time. it would be it would be insane but with that being said i want to take this opportunity like i said to give a to give a prayer request for you guys listening you know if you guys have the opportunity to pray for them this week uh pray that everything goes well pray for them to have uh victory over every every situation that this year will encounter um so this week with that being t- with that with that being said, this week I want to start this off with the topic of who you think the goat is. That's right, G O A T, the goat. Uh, I know a lot of times when we talk about this, we talk about people in sports. We talk about people who uh, have some kind of usually some kind of impact with our either viewing or uh, you know different places like that 
There's a, you know, the GOAT, of course, stands for the acronym of greatest of all time. Uh, a few of the names that's been associated with that, of course, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, even in other sports, there's been Muhammad Ali, Babe Ruth, uh, Sammy Sosa, you know, um, those guys. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. So when we when we talk about that, what what do you think would be considered to be the greatest? When you have to when you had to judge the greatest of all time, what do you take in accountability? Um, for me, it's not always being the best uh, athlete. It's not always being the you know the number one scorer, the number one defender. Uh, a lot of times, for me personally, it has to be the overall player. You know the overall teammate. Um, I would much rather see one man lead an entire team than I would an individual seeking glory for himself. To me, that's 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 not what Glory Bound's about. We're about making leaders on and off the court. So when we see when I see guys that you know bog or ball hogs and you know all about the glory for themselves, to me that doesn't count as the greatest. Um, to me, it's the guy that's willing to sacrifice his own glory for the glory of his team. Uh, that actually takes a lot of maturity and a lot of leadership skills to do that. Um, that being said, we have our opportunity today for our very first interview uh, on the I Am Glory Bound series. And today, we're going to be interviewing the Mr. Goat. Now, Mr. Goat, can you tell us exactly what it takes to hold the title of the Goat? <laughs> CIC. So, Mr. Goat, can you tell me what it feels like when you see imposters trying to be you? When you see those around you who haven't put in the work, trying to take your place. <laughs> I see. Well, I understand the frustration from that. Is there anything else that you would like to add, Mr. Goat, before you leave? Is there anything, any kind of bits of wisdom you could leave with our listeners? for what it would take to become something as great as the goat. <laughs> I see. What a great word, Mr. Goat. And for all of you who are out there who aren't fluent in goat language, let me go ahead Go ahead and bring in our goat interpreter. Uh, this gentleman is fluent in the goat language and he'll be able to translate what Mr. Goat was telling us. Uh, go ahead there, Mr. Translator. Gene, if you ain't first, you're last. You know, don't talk about that phrase, trademark, not to use the other tradition, Ricky Bobby. Wow, that is unbelievable that you're able to get that much from what little Mr. Goat said. But I appreciate you coming out and translating for us there, Mr. Translator. 
So, with that being said, I'd like to move on now to a story from a young man about exactly what it is it means to be the GOAT. Uh, I was cruising around doing some homework online for the show, and I came across this TED Talk, and I thought, man, you, you guys really would enjoy this. So, I'm actually going to play this for you, and I, and I hope that you'll listen in. Uh, this young man right here is way ahead of his years as far as wisdom. Uh, so give this a listen and tell me what you think. In sports, there's an eternal debate surrounding one topic. Who is the greatest of all time? In soccer, it's Pele versus Maradona. In hockey, it's Gretzky versus Lemieux, the list goes on and on. When a professional athlete devotes their career to playing a particular sport, he or she strives to be the greatest who have ever played that sport. I mean, what would be the purpose otherwise? Unfortunately, there can only be one player who is deemed the greatest, the best, the GOAT. Oh, that's the wrong GOAT. Uh, yeah, this one. The question not only lies in who the greatest player is, but what does it mean to be great? Are there certain steps one must take to be considered the greatest, and can greatness even be grasped? If you don't know me, I'm a huge basketball fan. I know the game inside and out. Therefore, in the lengthy history of the game of basketball, there are three players who I have deduced to be candidates to be the greatest of all time. This first man was the first legend of the storied Boston Celtics franchise. Standing at six foot 10, he towered over everyone else in the league. While most players were offensively focused, it was defense this man hung his hat on. He was a terrific on-ball defender with quick feet and long arms, enabling him to shut down anyone on the court. What his greatest capability was his blocking prowess, rejecting shots into the stands or into teammates' hands. More importantly though, this guy was a winner. In high school, he won back-to-back -back state championships. In college, he won an NCAA national championship. And during his time in the league, he won an NBA record 11 championships in 13 seasons. 11! I mean, the next closest player, excluding all his teammates, of course, is Robert Ory, who won seven. And that's not including the fact that he won his last two titles as both a player and a coach. But what's more amazing than any of the awards or statistics is how hard this guy worked to be the great player he was, because he wasn't always a great basketball player. In fact, in his youth, he struggled with the game, and he was cut from his junior high team. But he used this failure as fuel, and from that moment, did all he could to be the best in an era where African Americans couldn't be the best in the public eye. He played in an extremely racist era where he was denied awards and even hotel rooms just because of the color of his skin. But he never let any of that slow him down. His name was Bill Russell. This next individual was the face of the Indiana Fever franchise until her retirement this summer. When the Fever drafted this 6-1 forward in 2001, they knew they were getting an extremely well-rounded player. She could score from anywhere on the court, from inside the paint to beyond the three-point line. She was strong, giving her the capability to grab rebounds with ease. She was a capable ball handler and adapted setting up her teammates for easy buckets. And on top of all of that, she was an outstanding defender during her 15-year career, she led the WNBA in steals six times 
and won the Defensive Player of the Year award five times, both league records. A testament to her versatility, she recorded the first ever, ever quintuple-double, which is when a player records 10 or more in points, rebounds, steals, assists, and blocks, a feat no man has achieved to this day. What's better than all of that is how she worked herself to the bone for the sheer love of the game. She didn't do it for the money because, quite frankly, there isn't a lot of money in women's sports. And it wasn't for the fame, because I can guarantee most of you didn't know the Indiana Fever was a professional sports franchise. But to do everything she did for the love of basketball is truly inspiring. Her name is Tamika Catchings. This next individual has yet to do anything spectacular. Standing at 5'8", he hasn't been drafted by any professional sports franchise. He hasn't even graduated high school. He isn't the most athletic person in the world. He can barely touch the backboard. He isn't a lights-out shooter or fantastic finisher in the paint. He often tries to do too much with the basketball, forcing plays that lead to turnovers. And he often adopts a 1v5 mentality, trying to be the hero, a strategy that rarely works out for him. So you're all probably wondering, how could this guy possibly be the GOAT? He doesn't sound like a good basketball player and hasn't done anything yet. Well, he's the hardest worker I've ever met. He's always the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. He's constantly working on his game, finding something he can improve. He has that Mamba mentality. And look at where that got Kobe Bryant. And I know he's going to experience success in the future because of his incredible worth ethic and his incredible basketball skills. His name is Aaron Shalga. So who is the GOAT? Is it the legendary Bill Russell, or the unique Tamika Catchings, or the unproven Aaron Shulga? The truth is, it's all of them. They're all their own goats because they worked as hard as they could to be the best they could, which is the most they could do, or in Aaron's case, is in that process. Greatness isn't measured by being the most popular, the best paid, it's about the work one puts in and the satisfaction that comes with knowing one did his or her own best to be his or her own best. You see, as children, we all have people we idolized and looked up to. I, for one, looked up to LeBron James, and that's okay. You know, LeBron looked up to Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan admired Julius Irving. But at the end of the day, we all have to be ourselves. Michael Jordan could have been the best Dr. J there ever was. He could be the best Michael Jordan, and he was. He was so great, he made everyone want to be like Mike. This doesn't just apply to basketball or sports, but to all facets of life. Like if someone wants to be like Beyonce, that's cool, but they can't be Queen B, they have to be themselves. So I know I'm not gonna be the next LeBron James, so I'm not gonna try. What I will do is work my hardest to be my own goat. I hope you all do too, to be your own. Thank you. Wow, that was an amazing story. I don't know if you guys got all that I got out of it, but I really enjoyed listening to this young man speak, and I, I know he'll go on and do great things with that kind of ability. Um, so this young man was talking about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. What does it mean? Uh, with that being said, 
I want to offer an alternative meaning to the goat. All right, I know that most times when we talk about the goat, we talk about the greatest of all times, but I also have another acronym that could associate with it. GOAT is spelled G-O-A-T. You know, of course, the G stands for God's grace. The O could stand for obedience. The A could stand for atonement. And the T could stand for trust. And when we take God's grace and we look at it every day and we recognize it in our lives, in our everyday lives, uh, all around us, uh, and we use obedience as far as following his word, uh, doing as he set forth for us to do, uh, follow the commandments that he's asked us to follow. And we take the A, which is atonement, and we ask for forgiveness against our shortcomings. You know, we ask for when we make mistakes, we ask for forgiveness and we recognize that we are not perfect by any means. Uh, Along with the T, which is trust, when we trust in God uh, with all our hearts, uh, not only does that spell out GOAT for us in one way, but it also spells out GOAT as far as greatest of all time. You know, that's the, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that we strive to do. That That's what making a walk with God is all about, is being able to remember God's grace, remember obedience to God, atonement for what we've done, and trust in Him with all our hearts. Uh, and with that being said, no matter whether you're good in sports, whether you're good at whatever, uh, you too could be the goat. Um, you know, this week I wanted to, wanted to find something that would resemble the goat within the Bible. Uh, and the first story that came to mind was the story of David and Goliath, because you know, of course, David was a young man and Goliath was a giant. Uh, and with that, you know, if that's not a goat story, being able to slay the giant, there is nothing else that is. Uh, but I found something that I really wanted you guys to listen to because the the way these two gentlemen tell it is actually pretty, pretty funny. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to them and we will hear about the story of David and Goliath. Hello everyone, I'm Jared. I'm Andrew. And we're here to tell you a Bible story. Our story is about one of the most famous heroes in all of the Bible, King David. But our story begins long before David is king, so let's rewind to when David was just a boy. Now, David was the youngest of eight brothers, so he had to do the jobs that nobody else wanted to do, like taking care of his father's sheep. (laughs) Gross. Hey, sheep's gotta do what a sheep's gotta do. It turned out that David was actually a really good shepherd. In fact, one day, a lion attacked the sheep. Meow. What was that? You said it was like a cat attack, right? (sighs) No, a a lion, a ferocious lion. Oh, like a... Much better. But David fought back and he killed the lion. I'm dead. Then, another day, a bear attacked the sheep. What was that? I can barely do that sound. 
But David fought back and he killed the bear too. I'm dead too. While David was taking care of his father's sheep, his brothers had a much more important job. They were in the Israelite army preparing for an epic battle. Get to the chopper! What was all of that? What? What are you talking about? You said they're in a battle! Epic battle! Yes, but this took place a long time ago. Okay. Bible times. Yeah. No guns, no bombs, no choppers. What do they have? It's like swords. Wait a minute. What about guns that shoot swords? That's not a thing. What if there was a gun that shoots a sword Andrew. and that pulls the Andrew. trigger of another gun that shoots Let's two Andrew. swords? Let's just get back to the story. Okay, yeah, sorry. Back to the story. While his brothers were preparing for this epic battle with swords, David's father was concerned about them. So he sent David on an errand to bring them some food. David gathered some grain and some bread and some cheese. Oh, he brought us some Lunchables. What a nice brother. That's so nice. Dude, were they pizza Lunchables? Those are the best kind. Pizza Lunchables, totally the best. Best brother ever. Okay, Andrew, once again, this takes place in Bible times. Okay. Long time ago. Yeah. They did not have Lunchables back then. Okay, hit the brakes. So first you're telling me this. They don't have guns back then. True. Then you're telling me they don't have Lunchables back then. Also correct. Next thing you're going to say is, oh, they don't have cell phones either. Uh, Andrew, they, they didn't have cell phones back then either. I knew it! When David brought the food to his brothers, they were all hiding. Because out on the battlefield, there was a giant with a massive sword. Shh. He was shielded in bronze. He stood 10 feet tall. Ten feet. And his name was... Why are you talking like that? That's how giants talk. And how do you know this? I saw it on the History Channel. When David arrived on the battlefield, Goliath was insulting the people of God, even cursing God himself. <gasps> Goliath's a cusser? None of the other soldiers wanted to fight Goliath because they were all too afraid. But David wasn't. David knew with God on his side, Goliath didn't stand a chance. David came up with a plan. He went down to a stream and he chose five smooth stones. Okay, here I am at the stream. Need five smooth stones. Let's see. Let's see. One, okay. That's pretty smooth. Keep that one. Okay. Two. Nope, too jaggedy. Whoa. Uh, uh, Andrew, what is that? It's a fish. I grabbed the fish on accident. What do I do? Just, just put it back. What? Well, just put it back. Uh, okay. Let's see. That one's pretty good. Let's see. Oh, hey. This one's squishy. That's a frog. Ah. I'm keeping it. Well, no, don't. Okay. You... And see. Good to go. Let's go kill a giant. David marched to the battlefield right toward the giant. When Goliath saw him coming, he started to make fun of David. But David wasn't bothered by what Goliath said because David knew who God said he was. And with God on his side, Goliath didn't stand a chance. David reached into his bag and he pulled out a stone. Still got the frog, don't you? Yeah, he's real cute. Andrew, could, could you just get rid of the frog, please? Uh, excuse me, his name is Carlos. Andrew, could you get rid of Carlos, please? Okay, fine. We no, Andrew! Andrew, spit it out. Spit mm -mm. the frog out. Mm -mm. Andrew, spit it mm -mm. out. Spit him out. <clears throat> Did you just eat that frog? That's really salty. <clears throat> 
David reached in his pouch and he pulled out a stone. He put it in his sling and he spun it around above his head. Just then Goliath drew his massive sword and charged. The giant stormed across the battlefield right towards David. But David held his ground because he knew who God said he was. As Goliath got closer, David began to swing faster and faster and faster, waiting for the perfect shot. He took a deep breath and he let it rip. What was that? What are you talking about? You said he let it rip, right? No! Like he threw the rock. He let it fly. Oh! Like... Yes. Like that kind of letter? I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's, um, that's me. I'm sorry. Keep going. Just get back to the story. The stone flew through the air and hit Goliath right between the eyes. The stone sunk deep into his head and Goliath fell to the ground. <laughs> Andrew, you okay? I'm dead. Then how are you talking? I'm a ghost. C come on, man. Let's finish the story. Okay. So David reached down, picked up Goliath's sword, and he chopped off his head. That's a lot of blood. Oop, almost done. He's out. David reached down and picked up Goliath's head, and he showed it to the armies of the Philistines. Don't, 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 don't. That day, David. That day, David showed. That day, David showed everyone that even though he was just a boy, he could still do the great things that God had planned for him. Thank you so much to Jared and Andrew for their funny and hilarious story of David and Goliath. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add to that wonderful story there, Mr. Goat? <laughs> Indeed, indeed. I like the way you think there, Mr. Goat. So, with that, with all this being said, uh, one of the things I really want to cover on being the goat is the greatness aspect of it. You know, what does it mean to be great? Uh, a couple of different aspects of being great. Uh, greatness is defined as being distinguished, popular, eminent, skillful, and powerful. Greatness is a term that gives the impression that someone or something is superior or better than others. Some rulers have been given the distinguishing, distinguishing in their names, such as Alexander the Great, Frederick the Great, and Catherine the Great. These days, <clears throat> there's an acronym for someone who's great. It is GOAT, which means, of course, greatest of all time. Therefore, people delight in being called the GOAT. Who doesn't like that? Jesus had two disciples who were brothers, James and John. Both of them approached Jesus and said, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. 
And this is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 37. And Jesus, Jesus explains that it is God's decision who takes the seats of honor in heaven. And in other words, a person cannot request to be great. That description must be assigned by others and not only by individual and not by an individual as their own distinguishing. So I'm going to ask you as you go forth this week, what parts of your life can you work on being great? What parts of your life are you distinguished from others? Um, those are tight. Those are the areas that we need to stand out in, and and then there's areas that we can work on. You know, what makes a person great and separate from others is the fact that they can distinguish. They still have work to do, uh, and we always have work to do each day. Um, with that being said, do you have anything else you'd like to add to this conversation, Mister Goat? <laughs> Very well said, sir. Spoken like a true poet. And with all this being said, guys, I'd like to close out in prayer like I do every week. Uh, and with that being said, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. Dear Lord, in the battles we go through in life, we ask for a chance that is fair. A chance to equal our strive. A chance to do or dare. If we should win, let it be by the code with faith and honor held high. And if we should lose, we'll stand by the road and cheer as the winners go by. Day by day, we get better and better until we can't be beat, until we won't be beat. That's it for me this week, guys. As always, I appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, we can't do this without you. And you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time.